You're listening to episode 29 of the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today I invited uh, a person to help us to understand how to create a quality management system. So it's Jason Lim, CEO of Standard, not Standard with the A, but with the E. Um, <laughs> will help us here yeah, to really understand how it's working. So uh, Jason worked as a consultant and he had a great idea and he created his company uh, out of that. And I will let him really explain that. So welcome, Jason. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much, Monia, uh, for inviting. Um, so I'll just mainly give you a very quick introduction and of course to everybody about what, what I'm doing and uh, why I started the business in, in Standard. So, um, Maybe a bit of myself, I have 10 years in the medical device industry. I have some experience uh, in, as a regulator and of course also in the industry as a, mainly as a quality and regulatory uh, position. And also as part of the journey, I also had been the opportunity to be a consultant and had the experience to basically bring about almost 50 companies from scratch all the way to ISO 1345 certification as well as getting the experience to be exposed with um, product certification, bringing companies' product to different authorities for, um, to, to get their products registered. So, um, and also I get the opportunity to be as um, part of the working group of TC210. That's basically an um, international working group where I get really exposed to different medical device standards and how that really can help companies. And, with all these rolled up together, I thought that uh, there is still a very big gap in how companies approach QMS and how companies can basically start from the whole fundamentals of understanding what QMS all the way to setting up a robust one. And I thought um, this gap remains to current and with standard. This is where we have been trying to approach and trying to solve this particular issue and help companies gain that kind of confidence that they are setting up a QMS truly for themselves. Yeah, so we will talk more about uh, your uh, solution at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned because really, uh, I think it's a great solution. Uh, I will try to test it. I will mention that, but um, mainly uh, let's let's first uh, help people to understand first what is a quality management system and how to create a good one. And then we can uh, see if standard is the, the right solution for, for them. So... Um, Jason, so let's let's make that. Let's try to help people. And first, my first question is: What is um, what is a quality management system, and why it is so important? So, what is the the reason for that? Okay, um, basically, a QMS, a quality management system, it's a set of processes and procedure to fundamentally keep the company be consistent in the product or the services that they are delivering. And I think this remains a very uh, important and fundamental um, position for any company out there, not only just for medical device company. Of course, um, being medical device here, it becomes even more uh, important 
because you imagine that getting a product out into um, you know hospital where patients are really using that product and it's almost impossible and unforgivable if let's say a product is inconsistent in the way that it's performing and we could easily just take a very simple example like a blood pressure meter it's supposed to be functioning as it is just to measure pressure of uh, i mean blood pressure of a patient but if it's inconsistent with the same person basically sitting there and getting a wrong measurement you could imagine that um, this is totally um you know challenging and this is totally unforgivable basically you you can't allow that you imagine if your family member is the one sitting there and it will be even scarier so yeah. uh, it's 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 yeah. mainly uh, the 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 story can be yeah uh, they come they measure the blood pressure it's too high so they give uh, a wrong medication to make it uh, low but uh, then it's too low then they will give another medication to make it a bit higher so i think it can be uh, damaging for the for the patients but also for the healthcare professionals because they are here and don't know what's happening, what they are doing and if they are doing the right job. So yeah, I think as you mentioned, uh, being consistent, providing the right results, uh, being uh, professional because at the end we know that it can save lives or it can provide uh, some, some, some tr treatment for, for people is really important. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, as you mentioned, so a QMS will help to stay consistent. Uh, but is it just a set of procedures and standards or it's also something else that we need to have a good QMS also? I think um, fundamentally a QMS is really for you to lay down the processes within the company. I think as the team grows, um, the different people play a very key role in different departments and a quality management system basically lay down the steps of how you should be executing certain activities, what should be documented and as part of this whole entire exercise, of course, we have the auditors that is coming in to be checking and making sure that you're on the right steps. But I think fundamentally, even without the auditor being in place, the management should build in this culture of quality that processes are there to keep the business and the product going. It is, not, it is definitely not a separate set of processes that, or, or description that you will only bring it out when the auditor comes. So this must be in line. And I see that some companies, you know, when as I consulted throughout my years, some companies really see this as two different things. Mm -hmm. When the audit comes, they, they lay down everything that is being described in the SOPs. But when the audit, I mean, after the audit, basically then you work in a different direction that is totally not described in the SOPs and, and this is and this is a nightmare for uh, for quality managers for regulatory affairs managers uh, when they have when they are in this kind of company I think because uh, as as you've said they are using that just for auditors to satisfy auditors but at the end uh, we have uh, if we at the end I, I think it's the it's it's the way I saw that in some companies where. Uh, one or two weeks before the audit, they are starting to look at everything and running everywhere to find documents and do things. And uh, they pass the audit, so hoof, and now they go back to uh, the wrong way, as you mentioned, uh, where they are not following really the quality management system and they say, oh, our method is working well, we just have to take care about that two weeks before and then uh, we can move forward. But it's not sustainable in a long-term long -term solution, I think. Yeah. But at the same time, I see that the challenge remains for um, small enterprises or even the startups because they do not have the knowledge and they also do not have the resources to 
maintain, uh, uh, I would say, an established quality management system. So here, and I think that uh, it's really important to understand what the company is doing, what product or services that they are um, you know, providing to the industry, uh, to their patients, to their customers, and setting up a QMS that is in line with that, lean enough for these two or three men team to maintain it, but at the same time, you know, keeping themselves to know that at the time where they need to grow to a larger you know, team size, the SOPs are always flexible enough for them to be you know, putting in more information. And that must be the way because if a consultant comes in and set up everything that is uh, the same type of uh, content from a 30, 50 man size team to a two to three man size team, that you will see the disparity that some companies will just write this out for the purpose of writing it. And when the audit goes, yeah, they are back to their own business. But and I, I think... I think it's a good point because uh, what is important is, as you mentioned, there is two views. We have the view where we are really using the, 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 the quality management system to satisfy the auditors. But uh, if you are using that on the right way, uh, with the right culture, yeah. with uh, the way that it's helping you and not deserving you, uh, so I think it can be really a, a, an excellent tool. Uh, and can help you to be ahead competition in the long term. We are not talking about short term, but we are really talking about long term. Uh, mm. And this can help you because you will have the people that are well-trained, they are executing well, they know what they are doing, and it's flexible enough, as you mentioned, to grow and to not block you. Because this is also some issues on some quality management system where um, it's written on a certain way where it's really blocking you. You cannot really do mm. anything without... Uh, reviewing your procedures or changing your way to do things. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we have also to figure out how to be a, a good balance between compliance, uh, so respecting the laws, and uh, so uh, procedures where we have to do something on a step-by-step -step and stay consistent to have the right product, uh, right product at the end. So it's, it's a good, uh, I think it's a thinking that people, each company has to, to have. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, uh, Jason, what, what, can you, can you, we maybe have also some examples of quality management systems? So we know one, which is the famous one for, uh, the ISOs, which is the ISO 13485 for medical devices. Is there any other quality management system that are existing? Mm, okay. Uh, of course, with, with most companies, the, the, the most easily to understand standards are always the international standards, which is then always written by mainly the ISO. Um, themselves. Uh, each country, depending on where they are, um, like for example, the US, for the medical device regulation, it has been long established for many years, and they call it the FDA Quality System Regulation uh, Part 820. And um, that's really in the law that people follow through that step-by-step -step to establish a QMS. Um, that's for medical devices. Of course, we are looking at even, say, food safety. That's the ISO uh, 32000. And that's also a very uh, important standard for the industry because that looks at food safety. Okay. And that, um, that you imagine that uh, every one of us, even our children, our parents are you know, eating something that is going to be served in the restaurant or by the manufacturers provided some raw materials, so on and so forth. And without food safety management system, you, you imagine that the whole food chain will collapse and that people would not have that food safety culture in mind as well. That really, I would say that ISO 22000 encourages a lot of that. Um, 
The other ones, of course, we can look at even the environmental standards, the ISO 14,000, or even the new ISO 45,000. That's for, that, that is there to replace the old uh, OSHA 18,000. That's for work health um, safety. These are all very established standards that, uh, I would say the QMS standards that people are always re referring to. Recently, we saw a big trend in ISO 27,000. That's mainly for the information system. Okay. Uh, I would say mainly people adopt that as a form of a basis to assure customers uh, cyber um, security that the mainly software companies will take very good uh, notice about this 27,000, looking at even at more other specific standards on cyber security. So all these are uh, fundamental QMN standards that have even more specific standards that's added on. And that um, I would say cybersecurity is going to is already the next big topic, and a lot of companies are already heading towards the ISO twenty seven thousand as the fundamental. So, so uh, yeah, as medical device is also moving a lot on digital on uh, products that are connected, um, etc. So, a combination with ISO thirteen forty five and the twenty seven thousand is also yes. a good mix. Uh, to have that, and it's possible. We we just have to see what are the differences between both, but it can be a, a complementary uh, ISO to include on your quality management system. Right. In fact, uh, we are starting to see. I mean, the, the reason why I brought up twenty seven thousand is also because uh, we see a lot of medical device companies. You're right. They are a medical device under the medical device classification. So one three four five is definitely the relevant QMS for that. But as part of their business, they are you know software as a medical device company. They are platforms. They they are cloud services, and that's where the twenty seven thousand provide the added uh, processes to make sure that the team themselves within the company knows how to handle companies. Uh, I mean their own customers' data. How they need to protect privacy. Of course, there is other uh, regulation like the GDPR that comes along depending on where the, com the companies operate. But yes, uh, you're right. The, the ISO 13485 and the ISO 27000 integration is getting more and more popular. Great. So it's a good, a good information maybe for people that didn't know this standard and to maybe mm. look at it and if they are working on software to also imagine if this is a good, a good thing for them to, to, to um, claim uh, about this standard. Okay, yeah. Jason. So uh, now let's help our audience to build a good quality management system. So you mentioned to me that you have a five-step process. So let's yep. uh, work on that and uh, give uh, this, um, this secret sauce, if I can say, for, for the <laughs> audience just to learn how to, to do this quality management system. So uh, let's, let's start by step one. So what is your step one to create a good quality management system? Okay, um, maybe before I even go into the step one to step five, I thought that the, the current situation right now out there when it comes to creating a QMS system is a bit it's blurred. Basically, people do not know where else to start from and what steps to follow through, especially sometimes they depend on external parties to help them to set up. And it becomes very challenging that um, they do not have control or transparency about the whole entire process. And you are right, that's the reason why we came out with this five step. And with step one, uh, that's looking at document creation. Basically, right now, if you yes. walk into a company, the basis. You, yeah, the, the understanding is that if you ask any single one of them to be writing the SOPs or describing the activities within each department, uh, probably you, you will sit down uh, having a blank state of mind and looking at each other, not really sure how to even start with that. 
what sort of format are we looking at and all that. So document creation is the, I would say the very first hurdle. And of course, with that, we, we had our own uh, standard first. That's where people answer the set of questions pertaining to their business, pertaining to the product. And we are able to, the software is able to customize a set of documents that is uh, a good start for people to kick off the whole entire journey. And yeah, I think that's, that's to me a very, uh, I would say a very strong point to bring people over that very first hurdle to even start thinking about what to be included in the content. Exactly. And uh, well, I have a, a quote that I'm always saying to people when they are starting to create uh, uh, procedures or a quality management system. They are saying, where should I start? And mainly uh, the <laughs> thing I'm saying is uh, write what you do and then uh, do what you write. So uh, it's, uh, it's really easy. So just check what you are doing every day or on the process and write it down and then do what you write to stay consistent and to uh, always do the same thing and not to, um, to do things different. And uh, yeah. on, the, on the document creation, we have, I think for me, one advice that could be great is also to not be too detail-oriented or too strict uh, because uh, there is uh, a lot of time where we have some documents that are created that are really strict, but they didn't really look at all the possibilities for uh, for your process, which then block you. As I've said, sometimes we have some procedures that block you because uh, it's right that you have to do it on that way, but they never considered uh, a certain path or a certain uh, exception that is happening. So be flexible. Uh, also on your creation and uh, the creation of quality management system for me is a journey. It's not a, a one point, uh, one point time creation. So it will evolve. It's a life cycle management. So you can change it. You can uh, in, improve it in the future. But at the beginning, to not be uh, kind of disgusted about quality <laughs> management system, be flexible. Don't don't be strict with your procedures. Do you agree with that? Right. Yeah, of course. Um, like I say, we always keep it lean. Okay. simple enough for you, everybody to understand. I think that's important. You're writing something that nobody understands that I think that's a totally a wrong This is start. the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So keeping it lean and like what you say, you know, it grows with the company and be, be, keeping that flexibility is important for a start. So you don't basically block yourself. <laughs> that is great. Okay. Yeah. So second step. Yeah. Uh, second step we'd say is training. So, once you, you kick off that understanding about doc, creating your initial set of documents, and I think that's where you also start to have a lot more question. Why is this document supposed to be written in this manner? Why are certain keywords or description or requirements appearing? And you start to have those uh, understanding that you, I mean, those, those questions that you need to, you know, understand and grasp. And that's where I think uh, training becomes a very important thing. Uh, over here, of course, we fully understand the whole entire journey of the struggles of all these different companies. So, for example, we also had a very simple one-hour training courses on Udemy. Um, like even yourself, uh, Monia, you also had training lessons bite-sized yep. for companies to understand what are you know, new MDR, the medical device regulation in Europe, even for ISO 13485. And all this training allows a company to understand then about the fundamentals of a the quality management system. And when you look at then now the SOPs that has been created, you get a sense that, okay, I understand both ends now. Now, perhaps I'm even more ready to further customize the requirements. I mean, the, the content a bit more. So it fits you better. 
And, and that's the start of a journey where you get a bit more comfortable with what is being written and what is being practiced. And because of that training, you, you are empowered to take your QMS in full control right now. Yeah, there is uh, there is a training about the if I can say the ISO or the, the quality management system. Um, there is the training about the procedures themselves, so how you should do that. Because the one that wrote the procedure uh, wrote it on the step by step and say you should do that first, second, and third. But as soon as you are hiring a new person, you have to train those people on those procedures. And uh, this is also something important training because during an audit. Uh, the auditors that are looking at a, a certain procedure, uh, let's say, for example, risk management procedure or this kind of thing, if the person that is doing the risk management, if the, the old documentation for risk management is doing that without to be trained on this procedure, it can be a non-conformance. So uh, you mm -hmm. have also to train people to use your procedures uh, so that they are uh, able to uh, perform the work they are asked to do. So it's also... Uh, I think uh, a point to to add here for the training part. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely key. I think like you correctly mentioned, training, it's not just about the standards and the requirements of it, but clearly once you have uh, implemented the processes within the company, any new staff or existing staff where you, are make, you have made changes to the procedure, everybody needs to be trained and it has to be documented. Again, um, during the audits, the auditors are looking for um, documented yeah. Uh, activities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you can't... <laughs> so you're right. Uh, the NC will come when you say, oh, I have trained everybody. Uh, I have every one of my employees clearly know about this new SOP. But the moment you try to pluck out the SOP itself and you realize that there's no way that you can track when you even train these people. And that really becomes a big challenge for even the smallest company to you know, large enterprises. No, it's clear. So it's, it's, uh, it's I think, a good, good point here. Uh, first creation of documentation, then training of your people. Okay, then what is uh, step three? Yeah, step three goes pretty much in line with one and two, which is document implementation. So you have now created a set of documents, you are trained, you have further customized the content. Now you say, uh, we are now ready to officially roll that out. And I think that comes in line with the training where you train as a, a usually is the, the management representative or the quality department that takes the lead in guiding and training everybody else, set the tone within the other departments and say, from today onwards, we are going to be officially implementing these processes. And now I'm here to make sure that everybody understands the different processes and procedures that is linked to each other and moving forward, of course, during this step, let's keep the next one, two months um, flexible as well. There would be expected changes to the documented uh, processes because then we all know that this is the first time we are going to try this thing out. And do not be too hard on ourselves. There will be changes and it's fine. You just have to you know, increase the, the revision controls, the version numbers, just go up and re-approve them. Yeah, that's, that's part of the journey anyway. It's, it's all about making things flexible and documenting it along the way. Exactly. So it's life cycle management of the quality management system. It's not created just once. It's uh, something that is living. Uh, so yeah, mainly you create it, you train people. Now you have to use it because uh, I see a lot of time people are saying, oh, as soon as I created my quality management system, then I can ask the auditor to come. I say, no, no. <laughs> as soon as you create your management system, quality management system, you have to use it and to 
Because, I mean, the auditor that is coming, for example, for a certification is asking, okay, you have a CAPA system, can you show me some CAPAs, for example? Or you have an internal audit system, can you show me some the results of internal audit? Or you have, I don't know, a non-conformity system, can you show me some evidence? You have also to perform a management review, you have to perform a lot of things out of this quality management system, and the auditor will check all that. So you cannot just say, oh, I have a quality management system, so now you can certify me. You will not do that because it needs, as we've said, some... Uh, some evidences that you are using that and that uh, now it's uh, the rule in your company to, to use this quality management system. Right. Okay, uh, next step, what is on your step four? Okay, step four is internal audit. Yeah. So this is the most exciting moment where you are going for a pre-exam before the real exam comes. So you, you have created the documents, implemented, everybody is well-trained, roll out for the next two or two to three months, people are getting comfortable. I think that's the main important thing. You must be comfortable in what you are doing. And that's where the audit, internal audit session comes important where it becomes a bit more official that we are doing the checks. So I would still advocate that the company should have, uh, would need to have a internal auditor yourself. So you can take this internal audit activities on your own. Of course, you can have an external party, you can have a consultant coming in to help. But at the end of the day, what truly, whoever that really understands the details of the processes is nobody else but the company. So the internal auditor must perform this, uh, visiting the different, usually, you know, it, it's pretty much within a small team, you will be working closely with the different departments and running through the different clause of the audit, uh, the standards to understand that the company clearly have the relevant SOPs and of course with the different doc documented records that you have been filling up, like you mentioned the CAPA, any non-conformance that has happened for the last few months, even invoices, your purchases, your supplier evaluation, all these different uh, I would say activities of the different departments, this is a good time to really check. And take this opportunity, I mean, be open. Don't, don't be too protective about what might have gone wrong. In fact, this is a very good time that if there's anything that has gone wrong for the last couple of months, it is a good time to do that check. And yeah, this is the perfect timing to make all the mistakes that you can. Yeah. I call it uh, for myself for when it's the first time I call it a crash test uh, because uh, <laughs> it's good or bad. When it's bad, you cannot go for a certification, so you have to uh, to restart again. But I think also, as you mentioned, so the internal audit is also a good tool for uh, for being honest also with yourself in terms of uh, is your quality management working or not. And for me, it's better to find the issue yourself than to wait for a notified mm. body or auditor to come and to find it. So it's better that you really make it seriously, not just to make it, because some companies are also maybe thinking, oh, we just have to make an internal audit. We take any employee on the company and say, oh, go and make the internal audit. Uh, it's not really the right way. So for me, you should take that seriously, uh, make it uh, honestly, and find issues honestly, because uh, it's better you than the auditor. If the auditor finds it, right. it's, uh, uh, a huge correction. If you find it, you can maybe uh, take more time to uh, to do the correction and find exactly what is the root cause and, and do the thing. So it's something that uh, that you can handle by yourself. Um, so <laughs> internal audit uh, is also a process that can be managed in two different manners because there is 
Um, I, I, in some companies, they are hiring also a consultant, external consultant to come and to make the internal audit. Uh, in other companies, they are training people internally, uh, even people that are not specifically from quality, uh, quality uh, department to do internal audits and to audit other departments than the department they are working on. Uh, so it means that they have also a calendar, like each month we are performing one internal audit uh, on this department and next month it's on other department, etc. Cetera, et cetera, so it's really dividing. So there is many ways to do it. At the end, the objective is that to have this process to follow mm. your procedures and to find the issues and to correct them as, as soon as possible. Uh, is it correct yes, for you? Yeah, right. right, definitely. Great. And now, what is the last step? So step five. <laughs> step five is definitely the final exam. That's the first certification. Or if you have been doing it for a few times, then this will be the yearly surveillance okay. the certification that comes every year. And um, this, this, becomes, um, I mean, the, after you have done the step one to step four, uh, you, you should be in a tip-top shape to be ready for this day. And yeah, I think the certification would be then the official third-party check that's coming from external that, uh, you know, whatever you have been implemented for the last six months, it's now robust enough for somebody else to come and, you know, poke holes or even try to uh, look at from a different perspective, asking certain questions that you may not have realized it before. Um, I, I, I see that this is a perfect opportunity. And usually if you are really careful and you have been guided well from step one to step four, step five is just going to be a time where um, you get an external validation. And it, it's perfectly fine as well to get non-conformance. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's perfectly fine. And don't be too overly protective about such discussions again, because then again, uh, we, are, we are never perfect. And it's always good that somebody else come and say from a disp different anger, a different advice or a different you know, perspective. This is for us, I think uh, it's a good learning journey. And what is more important is that you take home and improve and get even better for next year. Uh, yeah, that's to me uh, yeah, a yeah. good way to move forward. Exactly. And uh, as you said, it's not uh, for the first, when we are uh, the first time, it's, yeah, you can have some NCs, some unconformities. Uh, what the auditor is seeing is mainly the progress also, the improvement of your company. Uh, so it means that if you have uh, some nonconformity at the beginning, but he sees then some progress where you are improving, you are more compliant, more serious, et cetera, et cetera. So, so what the auditor will be, will be showing, uh, if I can say, or will be, uh, will be understanding that, yes, they are, we are not perfect, but we are making progress and we are providing a good root causes. And we cannot know everything in a company. Uh, so sometimes, yeah, they discover things that we don't really, uh, we didn't really look at. Uh, so it's also a good way to improve. So let's, let's take that as a, as a process for, for improvement. Okay, um, it reminds me, the yearly certification reminds me like uh, when you are a student, you pass the whole year to make your studies and at the end you have uh, the, uh, the, the exam, which is exciting because it's, or you are afraid because you say, I, I didn't study at all for the exam, so what should I do now? But yeah, as you said, if you are following step one to step four, so I think uh, the, the, the exam mm. of yearly certification is just a formality uh, and, uh, and we can really have uh, a good result uh, at the end. So right. Jason, um, now let's talk more about your solution. So standout. So what standout can do to help people uh, that also want to create their quality management system? Right. Um, so I think just now we, we talk about uh, 
first, the, the five steps leading towards the last step, which is the certification. Uh, with standard, we, we clearly are able to dissect this into these five steps. And with that, we are very clear about at, at, at every step, what can uh, standard be helping? So for us, we want to keep things efficient. And that's the reason why we had this platform out where companies are able to be guided through the whole entire journey to customize a set of quality management system based on a set of question and answers. And that is itself a very effective tool because uh, we clearly see that document creation can take you really weeks and months. But over here, um, Monia, maybe later on, you also can share your experience. Yeah. Uh, we, we can really see that this takes less than you know a couple of hours that you can really streamline this whole entire process and have an output out solid enough for you to understand and read and you can move on to the next step. And I think this is um, the kind of effectiveness that we continuously want to uh, push forward. Um, the other thing that, of course, what we are looking at is the efficiency of the process, the documents implementation stage. That's where a lot of companies struggle with trying to you know, document everything in words and, of course, getting the approvals on hard copy. So you basically have to print and sign and scan and you know store it. And this becomes a challenge because as you grow the company, uh, I'm very, very sure that, and we have really clearly seen that there is a lot of non-conformity going on purely from the anger that documents are not maintained. You, you seem to have record that you have signed it or like store it somewhere, but when the audit comes, you just somehow couldn't find it. And that, that there is always these holes that you are leaving behind. And that's the reason why we also had the extended, our next upcoming product that we focus on workflow. Uh, we have this step-by-step -step workflows to keep companies be able to be reminded and be consistent about how to execute every single SOP. It could be a hiring process. It could be uh, training a new employee process or how you actually do your purchasing activities, supply evaluation. And all these workflows are step-by-steps and can be customized based on the company's requirements. And yeah. Yeah. At the so, end of the day, so so um, for, from from your for, I mean your solution I think for me is is a great solution. It's I can compare it to um, to three things. So we had uh, we I, I saw some solutions where you are buying already some templates um, on internet, which is the do it yourself I can say solution. Uh, you have the solution where you are hiring a consultant uh, coming and performing, as you mentioned, uh, uh, maybe bringing things that are not customized, but more uh, like um, something that is, uh, is working, is, is, is made for a 20 people company or 300 people company. Um, and for me, you have your solution, which is in the middle. It's something that is um, more uh, uh, guided solution, how to create a quality management system. Uh, and I tested just the, uh, the free version because you have a free version which is where you subscribe and to test. Uh, and the challenge I had was to create my quality management system within less than 30 minutes. Uh, and, uh, and it worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it worked. But okay. as, I I, as I had the, the, the free version, I couldn't see all the procedures. So uh, so it's, uh, it's something that uh, I tested just to see if uh, within 30 minutes I can do that. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, will, I, will, I will show you, uh, I will create a video for that. I, I, will, I will get the access on your system and we'll create the video so to, to explain to people exactly how it's working. And to be, 
I mean, Jason, I will be honest with people, so I will give them my honest view of it. <laughs> so if there is yeah, that to improve, I will tell that also. So yeah, but uh, I think for me, it's it's a good mix between uh, buying some templates uh, and uh, hiring a consultant uh, because mm. you can have already a good basis. Uh, because as you mentioned, yeah, you are asking some questions, what kind of product you have, which standard, which um, classification, etc., which guides on the creation of the, the, the standard that is really close to your situation, not a standard mm. that is, uh, not a procedure that is uh, for everyone, but really close to your situation. For example, if you have a software, uh, I saw some question if you have an embedded software or not, uh, if you have uh, implantable device or this kind of mm. thing. It, by answering this question, it will change something on the procedures to, so that you are really uh, sticking to, uh, to the reality. And then you have just to customize a bit. But I think for me, it can be a, a good solution. But as I said, I will let people judge. I will make some a test, a video test. Sure. And provide that on the on the on YouTube, and then um, they can judge and see. But for me, uh, I really like uh, your solution. Okay, yeah, definitely uh, happy to hear more feedbacks coming from you as well as the audience from your video. So great. So <laughs> um, I will also provide uh, on the show notes the link for the free test. So if you they want to uh, to to get that. Um, just one thing. So uh, you you are located. Where are you located? Um, we are based in Singapore. Okay. So yeah. And you have customers also in Europe. Yes. Um, so we currently are supporting almost about no, in fact, more than two hundred companies. Okay. Uh, right here in Asia, and of course, we have some companies, some customers in Germany, Netherlands, uh, even in uh, France, okay. and also we have some um, interesting. Uh, companies, of course, very innovative companies coming down south recently. We just met some Greek uh, companies as well, okay. just starting to speak with these people. And yeah, we, we are pretty much, uh, because we, we have the content in English, so we are pretty much, you know, as long as you are looking at ISO 1345 and as long as you are happy with the English lang language, and yeah, that's uh, a perfect tool for you to try out. So great. So, uh, yeah, as I said, we put uh, everything on the show notes. Um, something else for the audience? Um, yeah. So I think um, right here, I'm happy to, you know, support more companies based on what we are doing right now. And I think with this, we, I'm, I'm happy to throw out a promo code if that okay. works for you. Okay. And I think uh, here, I think we, we are happy to extend another 10% discount of the current retail pricing. And if you are able to code Easy 10, E-A-S-Y 1-0. And okay. yeah, you can let me know or contact me in person. Just let me know that you know Monia and I'm happy to extend that, that um, promo discount for you. So thank you for that. So if people are really interested, then Easy 10 uh, is, uh, is the promo code uh, to go uh, to Jason and to tell him that uh, you want his product. Uh, but as I said, wait first, for that I do my video and I, I show yeah. that to you and then you can go. But I will put also that on the show notes uh, that people can, can go to that. Uh, we put also the link for the test that they can test it. And then uh, yes. I'm sure this will, uh, some, some companies will be happy to, to get that. Uh, because it's a good mix solution between uh, do-it-yourself and consultants. So it's great. Mm. Okay, Jason, something else? Um, yeah, of course, uh, if there's any questions, uh, feel free to drop me an email. My email address is jason, J-A-S-O-N, at standard.io, S-T-E-N-D-A-R-D.io. 
uh, of course, I'm also available on, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, as well as our website, contact page. Uh, we have a YouTube channel that we just started recently, uh, Twitter and Facebook platform as well. So, but yes, just, you know, contact me via these channels. I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. And um, yep, happy to help. Definitely. Great. I will put everything on the show notes so people have just to go on podcast.easymedicaldevice.com and then they will see uh, all the links and all the, the promo code and everything. So great. Right. So Jason, it was a pleasure for me to have you on the podcast. Uh, and uh, I really thank you for that. Thank you for your all the information that you provided. And also thank you for the solution that you are also uh, providing to people to help them to create a, a good uh, quality management system. Right. Thank you very much for your invitation as well. This is really an exciting time and I think here we would definitely be able to help even more people and companies to be more successful in their setting up of their QMS journey. Great. Okay, right. so thank you, Jason. Have a good day. Right. You too. Bye-bye.